Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. And um, I am particularly excited about this message tonight because I had a whole different message planned. And then um, I got asked, I was supposed to be speaking on a Sunday and I got asked to speak tonight on Wednesday. And two days ago, God and I were having a chat and, um, and I felt him say, that's, that's not the message for my Wednesday night. And um, I couldn't shake it. So hot off the press. I'm very excited to share what God spoke to me about. And I really believe we are going to walk out of here with breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. I feel like God, he made us to win, to win in life. I believe that God created us to be, that that we we were born as champions. We got high school in the house. I'm so pumped. Get ready, you guys. We're going to have such a good time. We were born to overcome. We were born to be champions. We were born to be winners in life. And if there's no fight, then there's no victory. And the kind of fights that I'm gonna be talking about tonight are the internal wrestles that we have. If we can think about the struggles and things that we have gone through or something that we may be facing currently, I felt like God say, there are some things that people are facing and it's, it's, it's right at the cusp of letting go, of giving up. But I believe there's breakthrough tonight in the house. And I had this thought and as I was thinking about all the things that happen to us, either, either we walk into mess and we make bad choices or mess comes to our door and it comes to our house. And, and all of us experience pain or trauma or hurt at some level. And I began to think about it, but God, you created us as winners. You created us as champions. And then I, then I had this other thought occur to me and I thought, well, my goodness, God knew exactly what he was doing. And so if we were born maybe into dysfunction junction, if, if we were born into, we didn't choose the family that we were born into and we could have been born into all kinds of mess or, or maybe we've had a great start in life and then all of a sudden life slaps us in the face. There's real sin in the world. It's, it's not the perfect plan of God. Uh, but it, then it occurred to me, God still chose us to be born in this side of history. God knew the end from the beginning. God didn't get it wrong. He doesn't make mistakes. He knew the hardships. He knew the battles. He knew the fights that we would face. And I got to thinking, if God knew that and he chose us, he's chose me for right now, even though I'm dealing with things, even though I'm walking through things, then that means he intended for me to win the battles that I am facing. Greater the battle, greater the victory. And I thought, God didn't get it wrong. It's his story. It's history. He chose you for the exact family that he put you in, knowing what you would face. And the harder the hardship, the greater the victory, you were still born a champion. I, heard, I saw this quote today. I loved it. It said this, hardships are, 
hardships often prepare ordinary people for extraordinary destinies. C.S. Lewis. Hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. What if the fight trains us for exactly the battles God wanted us to face and to win? And when I'm talking about winning tonight, I'm not talking about the white picket fence kind of life where you, you know, married two kids, three dogs, and you sit out on the porch and you get into that comfy rocking chair and you sip that sweet tea and your, your life is void of problems and you're just in peace and sit there and rock away. I, I have never seen that story play out in the Bible. I have read the Bible, you guys, multiple times. And I have never found a champion of Christ sitting in a rocking chair, letting life pass them by, not getting into battles, not getting into trials. God designed us for the fight. And he created us to win. So what, what is winning? What does winning really look like? And um, <laughs> I remember when I was four years old, we're going to kick it old school all the way to kindergarten. Get ready, guys. Don't worry, I won't walk you step by step throughout my entire life, for those of you concerned. Um, when, I was four, when I was four years old, um, I was born in August. So I was put into school at the age of four, turning five. And so my kindergarten class, I was the youngest one in our class. And after a couple of months of being in school, um, I started coming home every single day with headaches, crazy headaches. And my parents were like, what is going on? Like, that is so not normal for a four-year-old. So they bring me to the doctor. They do all the tests. They, they, they see if I need glasses. Maybe I'm straining my eyes and I'm getting a headache. I had 20-20 vision then. And then they, they did all those food allergy tests, so annoying. And then they, they do all the tests. And, then, and I spent quite a bit of time with this doctor. And then finally, the doctor comes to my parents and says, I think I know the source of the headaches for Stacy. And they're like, what is it? And he says, she tries too hard. She's in an eight, she's in kindergarten and the subject matter is too advanced for her, but she wants to do her best. She's trying so hard that every day she's giving herself a headache because her, she can't catch up because she's not there developmentally, but she, her spirit is, she, she tries so hard. And then they made the decision. I know I'm a very odd child, don't worry. And then they made the decision. He said, I think you need to hold her back. Who gets held back in kindergarten, you guys? I did. I'm publicly confessing it for the first time. And so... I got held back in kindergarten. It was a really big deal to me. And my sister and I were 11 months apart, so we were in the same class, and now we were separated. It was a big change. Anyways, get myself through school. And when I was graduating as a teenager, I was turning 19 going to college. And I remember calling my dad, and I was freaking out as a teenager. And parents... Teenagers do freak out. It's okay. They're going to be all right. You guys are great. So 
I was freaking out and I, and I call my dad and I'm like, dad, I'm just so annoyed. Like I'm going to college and everybody that's going is going to be 18 and I'm turning 19 and the college is four years. I'm going to graduate a year later than everybody else. And I'm going through this whole scenario. Like who knew that little decision as a kindergartner would affect an 18 year old going off to college, but it was a stigma thing in my head. And I'm like, oh, I'm so annoyed. Like I'm already, I'm, I'm already missing it. Like I'm not, ahead, I'm not too far ahead enough. Like I'm not there and I'm freaking out. And my dad being my dad, some of you know him, very kind and peaceful man. He says, Stacy, who told you life was a rat race? Who told you that success was graduating in four years. He said, who are you comparing yourself to? And then he stopped and he said, let me tell you the definition of success. This is what winning is. So winning is when you do exactly what God has spoken for you to do. Fulfillment and success is that God placed talents and giftings into your heart, into your life. And he said success and the fulfillment of success is that you hear God, you listen to his voice, and you do what he says, comparing yourself to no one but the word of God. I am telling you what that did for me. It set me on the path for the rest of my life to understand I don't compete. You and I do not compete. I don't compete with humans. I compete against the word of God that he speaks into my life. And that, my friends, is winning. Winning is getting to the end and then going into heaven and God looking at you in the face saying, you fulfilled your assignment. Well done, my good and my faithful servant. That is success. And I wanted to relay tonight, and I want us to, kind of the rest of the message, think from that perspective. That's the perspective of winning that I'm talking about. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ is calling us upward. 2 Timothy 4.7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And so to introduce this topic, I wanted us to understand what kind of champion I'm talking about, what the training of a champion looks like. So we're gonna look at the screen. There's a little montage that was put together. Now, parents, I had no idea the high schoolers were gonna be in here tonight. So I just need to warn you, um, and you make your choice as a parent, as an adult. Um, there is one curse word in this montage. Okay, now I, I, I do not know the state of the heart of the people on the montage. They're probably not saved. Saved people generally don't curse, okay? So, so I, just the caveat, I just want to pre-warn people. Are we going to be okay, you guys? All right, I, 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 have, I have warned you. Take a look at the screen. You know what everybody says? It's suicide. You've seen him, you know how strong he is. You can't win. 
People die every day, Frankie. Mopping floors, washing dishes. And you know what their last thought is? I never got my shot. You believe that America is the land of opportunity? Apollo Creed does. And he's gonna prove it to the whole world by giving an unknown a shot at the title. And that unknown is you. That's what makes actually the muscle then grow. And that uh, divides then one from a champion and one from not being a champion. If you can't go through this pain barrier, you make it to be a champion. If you can't go through, forget it. And that's what most people lack, isn't this? Having the guts. The guts to go in and just say, I go through and I don't care what happens. Everything you've got, 
everything with all your heart. You'll be winners. That I promise you. You can be the best of the best. But it's not about what I see. It's about what you see. Now look in this mirror and tell me again what you see. But don't lay down in front of him like this. Why don't you stand up and fight this guy hard like you've done before? That was beautiful. What? You haven't peeked yet? I don't know, there's still some stuff in the basement. Now you're gonna have to go through hell. Worse than any nightmare that you ever dreamed. But in the end, I know you'll be the one standing. You know what you gotta do. tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. I see pride. Can I hear you? I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Once again. I see pride. Junior. I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. That's right. I mean, every time I see those guys, they're gonna know they got the best of me. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Mm. Win. Come on, how good is that? There's one thing I want you to do for me. Win. I think it's the words of the Holy Ghost. There's one thing I want you to do. I want you to win. We were designed to win. How many love that, that quote from Sylvester Stallone? Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits. And how good, don't point. It's her fault. It's his fault. I thought it was said perfectly. They set it up perfectly. That's the life of a champion. A life of a champion doesn't blame and look out at the world. The life of a champion looks at our inside and what God designed us to be, built to win. We take personal responsibility. And we might take some hits, but we can win if we keep going. Tonight I came to say it's time to keep going. When you get hit, you get up again. We're gonna see how much we get through to break this down. Are you guys ready? Point number one. One of the advantages that we have is that we are in a fixed fight. We are, we are fighting from a winning position and we are on the winning team if we are with Jesus. Our position is different to that of the world if we have received Jesus into our lives. We are, our bent is already propelling us forward to win because we're in a fixed fight. We know the end. We know that Jesus already died and for our sins and contended with the devil 
and he came out winning so that we could win too. Revelations 1.18 says, and this is Jesus speaking, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Jesus fought the fights. He bled so we wouldn't have to bleed the same way. And so it's up to us. If we believe that Jesus really died on the cross for us and he rose with resurrection power in his blood, then that is available to us to enforce on earth. Jesus has the best like comeback story of all time. And I'm very into comeback stories. And I also, I'm the kind of girl that likes to, like I, when I get a new book, I will look at the last page first to make sure it ends well. Just confessing. And I like that about Christianity. I'm like, I've read the last page, ends well. I can get amongst this. I love it. We live life from a winning position. The end is we win. So we have to live from that perspective. If we are saying things like we're losing, I'm not gonna make it, change your language. That's not the language of a champion. The language of a champion changes from victim to victor. The language of a champion is I don't call my things, my history, those things that I've been labeled with. No, I choose the word of God over my life. When we're in the championship of life, our language, our kingdom language is different. My point number two is this. Every great champion has a coach and a playbook. We have the greatest coach and the greatest playbook of all time. We are, we are so set to win. How good of God that after Jesus died and rose to heaven, he sent us the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He's our advocate. That when we get down in the dumps, when we have a sad day, when, when something happens in our life and it's rough and tough and life hits us, that we are not alone ever if we have received of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that we get to rely on supernatural power to help us to get back up again. Sometimes winning is just getting back up. Some of us have gotten hit hard. We felt it. Life has hit hard. Situations we hadn't expected. But on those days, I, I, I remember mine. And they're, they're often, if, I, if I'm honest, there are days when life hits you hard and you're, you're lying there and you're going, how, how did it wind up this way? How did this happen? How did this happen to me? We've all had those moments. But in the end of the end, when I lie there, when I've cried all the tears, I think to myself, I'm too saved. I'm too saved. Like, what do I do from this place? I can only get up. I can only continue to live my life for Christ. I want to get to the end. I want to win the prize. I want to stand before Jesus himself and do my assignment regardless of the hits. Regardless of the hits. Regardless of the fights that I didn't expect. Can I get back up again? Would you get back up again? Someone told me one time I was having, you know, just kind of getting really depressed and really down. And in those moments, you reach out. And I reached out to a friend and I just said, oh, I'm just, it's like I can't shake it. And, and this is what's going on. And I know it's going to be okay. And, and I often preach to myself. It's a, it's a good idea. It's good to do. And, and, I, and I'm already telling like the end of the story. Like I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be okay. But right now, this is what's happening. And I'll never forget one time. My friend told me, he said, Stacy, what you need to do in this moment 
is every day, first of all, take each day at a time. I know people love five-year goals and 10-year goals and, and all that stuff, and it's good. It's great to have all those goals and all those things, but some days you just put one in front of the other. You, 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 you don't look so far ahead that you get lost in what you don't know yet. Instead, you take each day and each day you invite the Holy Spirit in to help you in that day. And then you choose one thing to look forward to in that day, even if it's the best cup of coffee on the planet. If that's exciting, which it is to me, then let that get you out of bed and get back up again. You'll walk yourself right out of that depression when you hold the hand of your Savior and you surround yourself in community and friendship that you open yourself up to and you walk yourself out of a spirit that is trying to keep you down. Does that make sense? No, that's in my notes, but anyhow. Every great champion has a coach and a playbook. You know what I think we need to do? I, I know this might be, be popular, but I'm going to double down. I don't think we just need to read our Bible. I think we need to read our Bible and memorize it. I do. I was reflecting on my life, and I'm like, man, as kids and parents, start doing this with your kids. Kids have wonderful minds to receive information, put the right information in. I, I remember as a kid growing up, I went, they had me memorizing scripture and chapters of the Bible, full chapters. I went to a Christian school. It was hardcore, and I remember I, I would have to sit there. They'd give you a blank piece of paper, and they'd say, write the chapter. We did it. We wrote the chapter, but I look, I look now and I'm like, the word of God is in me. The word of God isn't so far out there. I don't have to run to Google. Like the word of God is in me. And that's what I want for us that, you know, we, when, when athletes talk about muscle memory, they train and they train and they train and they train. Why? Because the moment they're, they're prepping for the fight and then they will have an auto reaction because they've already trained for the moment. That's us with the word of God. It's the best playbook. We train and we train. We memorize and we memorize. And then we position ourselves because we don't know when the fight comes to the door. We don't know when the fight is coming. But when it does, we do like Jesus and say, it is written. Devil, get your hands off of me. And when you know your Holy Spirit so well, you know his voice. And if you know the Holy Spirit's voice so well, then you know when it's not him. And you recognize the voice of a stranger. Stranger danger. Devil. That is not the voice of my Holy Spirit and my God. So get thee behind me, Satan. Like that's when the playbook comes out. And you don't even need to know what page do I go to. It's, it pours out of you. And if you're like, I've never done that in my whole life, start. Just start with one verse. Just start with one verse. Memorize that verse over and over and over and over again until it's a part of who you are. Josh, uh, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. That is the strength. That is the weapon that we can use. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will be successful. Success in the Bible, the word of God on the inside of you. It's not right and wrong. It's, it's not that, that we're perfect and we failed. Tally system with Jesus, 
that's not Jesus. Well, Jesus is meditating on my word day and night. And if you happen to, to fall into sin, we don't go looking for it. We definitely don't, don't, don't try for it as Christians. But if, if, if it happens for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, then, then I pray in those moments when we are tempted or, or, or when we've given ourselves over to sin that we wake back up and we go, no, 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 I'm going to run to the feet of Jesus. I'm going to find myself with Jesus. That's why David was, was, was the one that Jesus said, this is, this is the one. This is my heart um, is after is David, a man after my own heart, is what Jesus said. Why was David a man after his own heart? He had so many mess-ups in the Bible. Like, he was extraordinary. He was a giant killer. Talk about a champion. Extraordinary champion was, was a giant killer. But then he finds himself in all kinds of awful sins. But you know where he's also found? With Jesus. Celebrating on the mountaintop, or when he messes up, he runs to Jesus. And that, I think, is who Jesus is to us. Not some tally system of perfection. It's a built relationship with him. And we have access to the Holy Spirit 24-7. So we need to use our lifeline. <laughs> and that is the Holy Spirit. Number three, champions are coachable. I know, this one's going to hurt a little bit, okay? Take a deep breath. Okay. Champions are coachable. Uh, I was reading up on, on some coaches and how they train, and this one said, a coach of champions said this, they are, that, that of champions, they are willing to listen and learn even though they've already made it to the top. They are still willing to learn and to improve, especially when times are tough or when they're facing a difficult opponent. The ability of a coach will become extremely crucial. Champions are willing to seek help and get feedback from others who are not even necessarily doing much better than them. Do you know who is Tiger Woods' coach? Do you know who Serena Williams' coach is? You don't know their names. But they were training with these coaches day after day. You know what I got from that? Let me read to you a couple verses in the Bible. People that, that want breakthrough. Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. Listen to advice and accept instruction. So when we phone a friend, when we call a leader, when we're going through ish, when life has happened to us and we're like, how did this and I need help and you're calling the leader and you're calling the pastor, you're calling the friend and they give you wisdom. You called them. They did not call you. They listen. They give you the wisdom. This is what the Bible says of people that don't accept the instruction. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. I find that fascinating because in all of my years of pastoring and being a friend and helping people, I can tell oftentimes the difference between somebody who really wants help and somebody who's not there yet. I know people who have sat with many of people, and they say the right things. Tell me, I want to hear, how can I break through? And they might even listen, but they've already built the defense mechanism in their heart. They already have the defense. They're not, they're not listening to follow the instruction. They're listening to then just express their hearts. What is expressing the heart? 
Oh, I want to tell you all the things. I want to share with you all the things. I want to talk and talk and talk and let it all come out, but I have actually no interest in changing. People want to express all the feelings. They don't really want help yet. They want to be heard, but they don't have any interest in making the change, following sound wisdom and instruction. These people, not any of us here, don't worry, take a deep breath. This is for our friend, Obi, okay? It's totally fine. We have all been there, myself included. You find yourself with someone and you're telling them and you've already worked out in your head all the things. You're not really listening. We've all done this. I find with these, these people as well that they, they wind up wearing out the person that they've asked for help. And they live frustrated because they don't, they don't receive the wisdom. They don't follow the instructions. So they get very frustrated. And oftentimes they will turn on the leader they called. Because they weren't ready yet. They, they, they weren't there to actually want to make the change. These are the people that call and, and they put all the, the list of the do's and don'ts and how they want the information packaged to them perfectly. I mean, they are looking for Jesus himself and then some to deliver exactly what they want to hear and how they want to hear it. And let me tell you, the packaging will never be perfect. But people who want breakthrough... These are the people, they don't even care, like the words, like, like that coach. They don't really care exactly who the coach is, as long as that coach has the wisdom to guide them to breakthrough. I've met with those people, oh my goodness. They are like, I, I remember talking to them, listen, they're like, I want to meet with so-and-so. I'm like, actually, I feel like you should meet with this person because they've received breakthrough in that area. Somebody that wants help doesn't say, no, I'm only talking to that person. Somebody that wants help says, yes, I'll do anything and then some. Let me buy them lunch. Let me go out for coffee. Let me, uh, I will do, I want breakthrough in my life. I will listen to wisdom and I will follow instruction. And leaders don't always get it right because they're human. But it's how God set it up. And how beautiful of Jesus that even he submitted himself to covering. When he got baptized, he submitted himself to John the Baptist. You would think that Jesus himself is getting baptized. He's like, no, I'm going to need the God of the universe. Hello, I'm Jesus. I'm going to submit to John the Baptist, a guy that's wearing a robe in the wilderness that eats insects and bugs. Like, that's what the Bible says. Read the Bible. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't packaged perfectly. He wasn't the one you'd think that Jesus would go to to get baptized. And yet, he submits himself to the covering. Proverbs 13, 10 says, where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. Not just listen. They take the advice. I believe this, that when you're in a conflict, when you're in a real situation, when you're in a real tough time, a person will never be your savior. A person will never be your savior. A person can be your guide. A person that has received of the Holy Ghost that you call out to, they can guide you. And you know where they're guiding you? To an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's the guidance. That's the wisdom. That's the instruction. A person can guide you to an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And then we can begin our journey of breakthrough. Are we doing okay? I know that was kind of meaty. 
but I want to help us. I want us to win. My last points are this. Fight the good fight. Don't fight all the fights. Fight the good fight. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight, not I have fought all the fights. I have finished the race, not I have finished all the races. I have kept the faith, not all the options of faith. I think sometimes we think we're better than Jesus. Do you know how many people Jesus passed up when he was on his mission? He wasn't rude, he wasn't mean, but he was on assignment. He knew his assignment was the cross. He knew his mission. And he helped as many people as he could along the way, but he did not help everyone in the way that they wanted to be helped because he knew ultimately he would be by dying on the cross. So, so for us as well, we need to be able to know which fight to be in. Don't fight the fights that will wear you down that are not worth it, but that God has not asked you to fight. Because then when the real fight comes, you're too worn out from the fights that God didn't ask you to pick up. We gotta fight the good fight. There's the good fight of faith. And if you're ever in a fight, if you're ever in a situation, if you are in over your head, if you're like, how did I even get here? Just stop, breathe, and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Okay, show me what I'm meant to do. Do I walk away from this? Or God, is this the fight that you've assigned to me to break through in the name of Jesus? I honestly believe that you know, in my own life, when I, I look now and I'm, I feel like as I get older, I'd like to believe about myself that I've grown in these areas, that I let more go now than I ever did before, <laughs> that I say sorry a lot quicker than I ever did before, that I don't write people off so quickly. I was kind of my bent. People tend to go one way or the other. But if you find yourself in pain or in hurt, especially by another person, oftentimes you just cut them off and keep going. And as I've gotten older, I've realized, actually, there's a lot in me to be able to have grace. And I've learned to start letting things go so much quicker and not letting up on friendships, not letting up on relationships too soon or too quick. Let it play out. Take some time, take some breathers. See how God turns it around. Some of us have had broken relationships that need to be mended. Friendships that should still be friends. And I, I know where to be wise in this. And I'm not telling you to be friends with everyone. And you know with the Holy Spirit, which ones. I'm just saying we can get big on the inside because it's we have a big God and we know the end from the beginning. We know the real win. And the real win when we get to heaven isn't that we have a bunch of broken down relationships. It's not that we we ran our race so hard that there's no humans around us. It's, it's that we... We learn to relate to God and receive of the Holy Spirit. And then we were influencing people to follow Jesus too and to be disciples. And I pray to Jesus that the day that I get to heaven, we'll be able to look back and go, and that